0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen. Your life will be transformed and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Knocking at the door. You are good and your mercy is forever. Father, we've come to say thank you to you for your kindness and your mercy towards us. Today, as we gather at your feet, we ask that you breathe upon every one of us, Lord. Teach us your word yourself. Change our hearts. Change our lives. And let your name be glorified. Honor and glory we give unto you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. So this this morning we are gonna share on what we've titled Grateful Not Entitled. Everybody say, I am grateful. I am not entitled. Grateful, not entitled. We take our Bible reading from Luke chapter 17 from verse 7 to 10. When a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of sheep, does his master say, Come in and eat with me? No. No. He says, prepare my meal. Put on your apron and serve me while I eat and wait on me while I eat. Then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he was told to do? Of course not. In the same way, When you obey me, you should say, We are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. We are unprofitable servants. Another transition puts it, and we've only done what we've been told. Now, entitlement is a major problem in our community, in for humanity largely. Entitlement wrecks homes, causes trouble in nations, causes disharmony in churches, entitlement. There was um, a young man that went for an interview. And the interview was supposed to be for 40 minutes. And 20 minutes into the interview, the interviewer, who is the lady that was telling the story, said to the young man, well, I'm sorry, Um, this interview is over. You don't, you're not gonna get the job. Thank you for for coming. And, And the young man says, I mean, we are just 20 minutes into the interview. You know, and the lady says, Look, we are done. Then after a while the lady says, Okay, you know what? You know why you, you can't even get this job? Says half of the time half of the time. We've been talking, you have been texting, you have been chatting, half of the time. And the boy is like, I can do the job. Didn't you see my CV? Of course, he had a very impressive CV. Didn't you see my recommendations? It came from very powerful men. And the lady said, sorry. And and he left. I mean, that's not the punchline, really. Even though that was disappointing. About two hours after, the lady said that she got a call from the parent of the boy, telling her, you don't know how special Junior is. He's such a gifted boy. You are missing, you don't know what you are missing, and you know, I on, and on. I mean, that was the punchline for me. I was like, what? The problem with, with us many times is, We feel we are entitled. We feel entitled to things. But the truth is, when we are entitled, we cannot be grateful. You are either grateful or you are entitled. Do you have the text for me? Luke 17. It says, in the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. 17 from verse 7. It says, when a servant comes in from plowing or taking care of sheep, does his master say, come in and eat With me? No, he says, prepare my meal. Put on your apron and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he was told to do? Of course not. Then he goes on to say, in the same way, when you obey me you should say we are unworthy servant we have simply done what we have been asked to do entitlement is actually a psychological disease you know they say that entitlement is a mind disease that shows up in the attitude when you meet someone that is entitled or feels entitled. I mean, this has nothing to do with age. It has nothing to do with generation. It's not that the, the millennials are entitled or Gen X are entitled or, or, or whatever. It, it, it is a problem of humanity. It is a mind problem. And you see, you can be grateful Or you can be entitled, but you cannot be both. You can be grateful, or you can be entitled, but you cannot be both. Every time you feel entitled, you won't be grateful. In your workplace, every time you feel entitled to something at work, you won't be grateful that you even have a job. At home, every time you feel entitled in a marriage, you won't be grateful. Every time you feel entitled, it's affecting the nation. People get into political offices and they feel entitled to the treasury. Every time you feel entitled, you can't be grateful. And it's affecting churches, it's affecting Christians. Why? Because increasingly Christians feel entitled to be entertained when they come to church. We are entitled to entertainment. Praise the name of the Lord. It robs us of our gratitude anytime, even in your relationship with your spouse, in your relationship with your, your children, in your relationship with your colleagues, every time you feel entitled to something, you need to stop and check because it robs you of your gratitude. And there are, I mean, two basic mindsets with entitlement. Two basic attitude with entitlement. The first is this. I am exempt. From responsibility. You see, the people that feel entitled, they say either consciously or unconsciously, I am exempt from responsibility. It is not my fault. It is daddy's fault that he didn't pay my school fees. So I struggled in school. But now you are an adult. Now you have a family. You are still blaming your father. It is not my fault that I'm a wife beater. My dad beat my mom, so I am entitled to beat my wife. If you feel entitled in your relationship, you cannot be grateful for your wife. You cannot be grateful. You know, my wife reminded me yesterday of a lady in church at early days of ministry that the husband was beating her. My wife was say to me that, you know, I've done some things, eh? In the early days, you know, that I brought the guy into the office, you know, and I shut the door and I rolled my sleeve and I jacked him up. And I said, If you touch this girl again, I will beat you up. That was the last day. Eh? You're clapping. Is it good? Ah, that's rascally behavior. Should pastors be doing that? <laughs> But that was what I did then. You know, I should say, don't you remember the lady? I said, I don't remember. I "I don't remember. (laughs) Many times when we feel that we are exempt from responsibility, that is, you see, check, it's not my fault. And it is an entitlement mentality. It cripples. When you say it's not my fault, I'm not responsible for what I say to you, for how I impact you. When you say I'm not responsible, I can't behave anyhow. It's your business how you feel. That is an entitlement mentality. So that's one basic mindset. The second one is simple and is similar but different. It says I am hold special treatment. I am hold, I deserve special treatment. There are people that feel because I'm here, you should be happy. Just because I'm here, I show up in the office. I, why are you not happy? Have you not seen me? There are people that come early to work and they feel you should be grateful. There are people that do their job and they look, you, look at you and they expect that you ah, should be excited that I did my job. Don't do it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Entitlement mentality, it is, it is ingrained. I am hold special treatment. And I mean, when people have that, they feel other people should take care of them. Sometimes they are even bold enough to say it. They say, ah, "I am your responsibility, Pastor." I say, "No, you are not. I'm not you are not my responsibility." I say, but the Bible says you should take care of the poor. I am the poor. <laughs> I kid you not, and I'm like, I'm sorry. When we are entitled, it cripples us. It, you know, everything suffers. Everything suffers. Work suffers. relationships suffers. Family suffers. Everything. Everything suffers. Romans 12.3 says, we should not think of ourselves more highly as we should. Romans 12.3 says, don't think you are better than you really are. Don't think you are better than you really are. So, you don't say, I am exempt from responsibility. No, you are not. You are not exempt from responsibility. You are responsible for your life. Don't say, I am whole special treatment. No, you are not. You are not. So, you are responsible for your life and nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes you anything. Nobody owes you any special treatment. Nobody owes you anything. We are loved, we are unique, we are blessed, we are anointed, but we are not entitled. We are not entitled. Nobody owes you anything. And you know, and you know, when we look at the the, Nature of entitlement, there's this general entitlement, which we've been talking about. It's like it's in their DNA. You know, their people, it's like they are wired with entitlement. They enter into a place and they feel they should actually be treated specially. You know, and wrong teaching actually reinforces that entitlement thing. I am the king's kid. I should be treated specially. No, you should not be except you've earned it. And it doesn't matter who you are. Whether you're the president, or you're a big man of God, or you're a small man of God, or you're an assistant man of God, or you are... It doesn't matter who you are. You're not entitled. You know, I was sharing with a small group of people that I pray with, and I was saying to them about some man of God that came to minister in some church and, you know, they went to pick him with, um, maybe like Adasa's car, you know, the Picanto, you know, at the airport and, you know, and he got out he wanted to enter. He says, no, you can't enter this car. And this car is too small for my anointing. <laughs> now, this is actually not a joke. It's actually not a joke. It's, it's real life. This car is too small for my anointing. Uh-uh. Where is the anointing? We, can't, we are not entitled to anything. In fact, it, if you feel entitled, you cannot be grateful for favors. When God favors you, you can't be grateful because you feel you are entitled to it. You will be favored in Jesus' name. Amen. But you are not entitled to it. You are not. So, okay. So, what's the cure to entitlement? What's the cure what's the to entitlement? It's simple. And this may shock you. The cure to entitlement is this living life the hard way. The hard way. That man of God that came down from the airport and saw a Picanto, maybe. I don't know the brand, but it was a small car. And, and, and said, oh, this is too small for my, for my anointing. God was actually trying to cure him of entitlement. So he should have entered it without AC and gone through the hard way. Then he will get delivered of his entitlement. So what's the hard way? What's this hard way? Simple. It is the habit of doing what is best rather than what is easy. The habit of doing what is best rather than what is easy. The people that are happy and successful are the people that have chosen what is best. Over what is easy. They run into hard things. People that are successful, they don't wait or take shortcuts. They run into hard things. They run. So, when you have to choose many times. When you have to choose... your hair there is the easy way and there is the best way but the best way is hard But it leads to success. The easy way, what people that take the easy way discover is that the easy way is even harder. So you can take the hard way or the harder way. Guess what? When people take the harder way, it leads nowhere. They still have to come back and do the hard thing before they can register success. And when we understand that, we are motivated to do what is best and not what is easy at all times. So, pastor, what are these habits of choosing what is best over as against what is easy? The first is change I deserve to I am responsible. Change I deserve to I am responsible change i deserve to i am responsible i deserve is a dangerous phrase son walks up to dad and says dad i deserve a new video game no you don't you don't daughter walks up to parents and says, so mom, mom, I deserve a new dress this Christmas. No, you don't. What makes you think you deserve it? You don't deserve it. I deserve a a new pair of shoes. No, you don't. I deserve a car since I'm going to university. I'm going to college. I deserve a car. No, you don't deserve a car. No, you don't. No, you don't. I deserve a better life. (laughs) No. I deserve a good marriage. No. Who says you do? Whoever says so has been lying to you. The neuroscientists and the psychologists tell us that that phrase, I deserve, is disempowering. It's disempowering. When you say, I deserve something, it disempowers you. It, ha- it has you sit and wait for your husband to do something. If you say, I deserve to be loved in this marriage, it's very disempowering. It makes you powerless. You just sit down there and you're waiting for somebody to love you. Until they love you, you will not be happy. Ah, that's a dangerous place to be. I deserve to be respected in this house. Really? You don't deserve anything. Pastor, what are you saying? But that's the truth. You can't hinge your happiness on what you deserve. It disempowers you. It takes power away from you. I deserve a, a, a new job. I deserve a better pay. No, you don't. But look at my qualifications. I deserve no, you don't. Change I deserve to what? I'm responsible. And I'm responsible is an empowering phrase. It's an empowering phrase. I'm responsible is an empowering phrase. Now, compare I deserve a good job to I am responsible to getting a new job for myself. I deserve a new job. You're going to be sitting down waiting. Being angry, being grumpy. Not grateful for what you have. But I am responsible to get a new job. What does that do to you? It empowers you. You get up. you, You search. You dust up your resume. You look at your network. You chase after those calls, those emails. Because you feel responsible I deserve a harmonious marriage. No, you don't. You don't. Now, replace that with, I am responsible to make my marriage harmonious. Imagine what will happen if husband and wife each own responsibility. I am, this is my responsibility. It's my responsibility to tutor this woman. Are I, I we fully tutoria? her? You take responsibility. What will what happen to that marriage? So it means that I deserve to be loved. I deserve to be respected. I deserve pepper soup. I deserve ice cream. <laughs> Folks needs to wake up. I change I deserve to I'm responsible. Same thing with work. I deserve a promotion. I deserve a pay rise. No, I am responsible to provoke a promotion in this office. It's my responsibility to provoke a promotion. It's my responsibility. I deserve financial security. You, You can't, you'll be sitting down. No, I am responsible to be financially secure. It is my responsibility. So I need to get up. I need to find what to do. I need to know how to earn some, save some, invest some. And be financially secure. It is my responsibility. Don't say I deserve. Say I am what? Responsible. And you can, the list can go on and on and on and on. If you look at that, Luke 17 verse 10. Luke 17 verse 10. It says, so you also When you have done everything you were told to do, you should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. C.E.V. version says, and that is how it should be with you when you have done all you should. Then say, we are merely servants. We have simply done our duty. Again, I'll use the husband-wife thing, and you need to take it around. Husband, you have provided for the house. You have taken care of your family. Big deal. You have done your duty. Don't say, I've provided, I've done something. I deserve some accolades. No, you don't. (laughs) Wife, you have taken care of your family. There's food on the table. You've sausage is very hot and spicy. If you missed last week, you don't know what sausage is. I can assure you. (laughs) Sausage is very hot and spicy. That's what the scripture is saying. Can I bring up that scripture again? That's what it's saying. You have done what is required of you. Should it be appreciated? Yes. Do you deserve some accolades? No. Ouch. (laughs) A parent. You know, I heard the parents share this. That they called their children and they sat them down and they said to them, Guys, you are God's gift to us. And we love you. You have many needs. We will try our best to meet the ones we think should be met. Education. Clothing, housing, etc., etc., etc. But we want you to know without a shadow of doubt you don't deserve anything. You deserve nothing. You come into this house, I mean, so, so a son puts a, a sign in front of his room and says to Dad, please knock before you enter. That is a boy that feels entitled. You need to let him know that, oh boy, this is uh, my house. You deserve nothing. You are actually homeless. (laughs) I have been magnanimous enough to bring you in. You know, one thing my mom used to say to us which is in line with this is that the only thing I hold you is education. If you eat once a day, be grateful. She did say that though, but it felt like that. (laughs) If you eat twice a day, do thanksgiving. Because you deserve nothing. You only deserve when you earn it. You only deserve when you earn it. How many habits does it say we'll do? I didn't say, right? Cool. (laughs) Habit number two is this. Do the hard things first. Do the hard things first. Growing up, when, when we have to do, um, or maybe they give us some work, homework, homework means housework, you know. Maybe I have to wash the plates that week, you know. Then somebody else has to sweep. The then, you know, we kind of divide housework like that when we're growing up. And, you know, when our parents leave the house, particularly on holidays like this, you know, we, we, we do the hard things last, we do the easy things first. We go and play games. We can play football. We are timing it. Okay, this one will soon be back. You know, just one more set. You know, you play football. You're down the road. Just one more set. Just one more set. Before you know it, I don't know how this time behaves like this. It's six o'clock. I can hear my mom's on as she turns the corner. I I know it. Pam, pam. Boom, I begins to roll. I'm outrunning a car, taking the back, jumping the fence. I will pack all the plates and take them to the BQ because there's no time to wash. Replace them with new ones from the store. <laughs> and I will say, I will wash them later. Then I will put it back. I have good intentions, very good intentions. I will put it back. But guess what? I don't do the hard things first, so the cycle continues until one day, my mom just came to the boys' quarters. Said, "What is smelling in this place?" Saw a heap of plates, and the rest is history. She beat shege out of my body. We have to learn to do the first things, the hard things first. Proverbs 6, 6 says, go to the ants and learn. Go to the ants and learn. You sluggard, consider the way they work. They do the hard things first. They know it is going to be winter. They do the hard things first in the summer. Every successful person does the hard things first. Habit number three. Keep inconvenient commitments. These habits will get rid of entitlement in your life, totally. Keep inconvenient commitments. The entitled person says, I will keep the com- commitment if it's convenient. So, you have a meeting for 2 o'clock. You are ready for 2. Then, at 1.30, the person texts you. That's when, if they are nice. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Something came up. Or maybe at 2.30, you get the text. The first time, it happened. The second time, it happens, The third time, it What? What will you be thinking about the person? What will you be thinking? It's not serious. Psalm 15. Psalm 15, verse 4b says, Be a person who keeps their promise. Even when it hurts. When you keep inconvenient commitments, you, er- you eradicate entitlement from your life. Because you need to decide, am I going to be grateful or am I going to be entitled? Am I going to be grateful or am I going to be entitled? Habit number number four, engage. Engage. In service. Engage in service. Engage in service. You know, research shows us that people that serve are more fulfilled. People that serve, they serve people, they serve NGOs, they serve their communities they are more fulfilled people that don't serve are more frustrated 20, 28. 2028 20, 2028 jesus tells us just as the son of man did not come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many you see if you want to inoculate your, your children, your kids, your, your family, your, even your workplace, if, if you are a business owner, from the feeling of entitlement, let them serve. Let your children serve. Let your staff serve. There was a company I read about that, heard about that, paid their staff to volunteer in, in, in the community. Maybe there was a flood, maybe there was whatever. You know, they paid their staff to volunteer and they recorded that productivity shot up astronomically. Why? Because people that serve have a sense of purpose. People that serve are satisfied. It's, un- it's unexplainable. The problem many times is we are too selfish, it's just about us. It's just about us. It just has to be about us. But when we put other people before us, before ourselves, we become better people. We become better people. When you serve, you get rid of entitlement to a large extent. Why? Because entitled people don't serve. Grateful people do. Take a church community, for instance. Entitled people don't serve. They feel entitled. Our children should be taken care of. You people have a fantastic children's church. That other place, they didn't take care of our children well. So we left. And I'm looking at them and I'm like what if you have served there and you have volunteered yourself? Does it have to be about you? And there are many ways not until you become a worker to serve at least in God's perfect house. There are many ways to serve. Many ways. But make sure you're serving. Make sure you're doing things that no one can pay you but God make sure you are doing things that only God can can pay you back because you can either be grateful or you can be entitled but you cannot be both so so what's it going to be what what are you going to be today grateful or entitled what's it going to be So the habits of choosing what is best over what is easy must be a way of life. Because the hard way is better than the harder way. It is the hard way is better than the other way. Always choose the best things. So this habit. Eradicate entitlement from your life. Number one, change I deserve to what? It kills entitlement, it breeds gratitude, it creates. Abit two, do the hard things first. Do the hard things first. Habit three keep inconvenient commitments. Habit four engage in service. If you apply this in a marriage, for instance, again, change, I deserve some accolades. In this house. To so I am responsible. For accolades. In this house. Things will change. Things will change. Can you keep it back up? Big. Thank you. Do the hard things first. There are things you need to do. Like. Pray. You want to pray with your children before they sleep. It appears hard. You say, okay, I will pray with them tomorrow. No, do the hard things first. Keep inconvenient commitments. It is prize giving day. And your, your daughter just wants you to be there because she's going to be collecting an award. But you, are, you see, you are busy. You are making money. You have to make some money to keep the wheels going. And it's time for her to go up and collect her, her word. And she's looking. Where's daddy? Where's daddy? Where's daddy? And she drops her shoulder and goes. Now, imagine the child that looks back and sees daddy. What happens to the child? The spring changes. Then, the fourth habit is engage in service. If you apply this to work, things will change. Grateful, not entitled. Grateful, not entitled. If you apply it across board, things will change. And for some of us, we are here. What we need to do is change. I deserve to I am responsible for spiritual things. I'm responsible to give my life to Jesus. I deserve to be a child of God. I deserve to make heaven. I'm responsible to give my life to Jesus. To commit to Christ, it looks hard. But there's a harder way. It's actually the best thing to do. Do the inconvenient thing. Make the commitment to Jesus. Give your life up to God, so he can be you can be useful in His service. Let's burn our hearts as burn our heads. Grateful, not entitled. What habit do you need to strengthen for you? Maybe. To change, I deserve to I'm responsible. Whatever it is, the habit is that you need to strengthen. Talk to God about it. You're here, you're like, Pastor, I need to take responsibility. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want you to pray with me. Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? No, you don't need to come forward. Wherever you are seated, I'll pray with you wherever you are seated. That is me, Pastor. I want to make this inconvenient, seemingly inconvenient decision. I want to turn my life over to God. Oh, you used to be born again. You're not with God anymore. You want to come back to God. Can I pray with you? Yes, I want to pray with you. Put up your hands now over your head and we'll pray together. If that is me, God bless you. God bless you right there. God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you right there. God bless you, my sister. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Once you have the card, you can put it down. That is me, pastor. I'm taking the step. I'm taking the step. I'm taking the step. God bless you right there at the corner, at the back. God bless you. I see you. I see your hand. God bless you. That is me. Father, we, we bless you. We honor you. We adore you. We give you praise and glory. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Father, we pray for every one of us in this place, Lord. In areas we have been entitled, we feel entitled. Heal us. Cause us, as we decide today, to be responsible. Empowered. Now, I want to make another call. You may be a child of God, but you are entitled generally. You're a generally entitled person. You're like, Pastor, me, call, pray for me. Oh, I'm going to lump you together. Oh, you have, you're not a generally entitled person, but you have a specific area that you feel entitled to. I want you to put up your two hands as a sign of surrender. You don't need to get a card. This is no salvation call. This is, Lord, help me. God bless you. Put up your two hands as a sign of surrender. I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray over you. I'm a generally entitled person. Oh, I have entitlement specifically. God bless you. Keep the hands up. Keep the hands up and say to God, I release this entitlement mentality, O God of heaven. I release it to you. I deserve nothing. I am responsible for everything. I'm responsible I'm responsible, God bless you, all over the place. Keep the hands up, keep the hands up. Father in heaven, we pray for everyone whose hands are up, even right now. We ask, oh God, the grace, the grace to be free from this domineering, entitlement spirit. Release upon your children now, in the name of Jesus. And let your name be glorified. You can put on your hands. Father, and I pray for everyone that is surrendering to you. We ask that you fill them with your life. Change their lives. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord, for his kindness and his mercy.